Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. Joined by Jason Shear, I am Mike Luke. Jason Shear was up in Tempe while we were at the Tap and Bottle Watch Party, but you did assure me that you would keep an eye on our guy Bruce Pasco and that nobody would bother Bruce. Would was did this come to pass? Yes, I, I protected him the entire time. We sat next to each other. Bruce is okay. All right, that's that's the big thing. That's what I wanted to know. All right, now let's talk about this game. 69-60, this to me really kind of shows you the different directions that both programs are headed in. I guess here's what I mean. Arizona, I didn't think, played particularly well. They went into Tempe and beat ASU by 10. And, you know, uh, there were some certain things that, uh, you know, were a little odd in the game. But up front, again, it didn't feel like a great game for uh, Tabellis and Ballo. And, oh, by the way, they have 35 and 20. And it just it just feels like we're taking this for granted now, just every single game. That's what they were giving you, even when it doesn't feel like they're dominating. Yeah, I mean, it, you, we've seen games where it's very clear that those two guys are are unstoppable. And it didn't feel like that against ASU. But then you look, and Tubelis has 20 and 10. And Umar has 12 and 12. And, you know, you, I, I agree with you. It's like we're, we're taking it for granted because it's something they do every single game where – if it's not just completely dominant, we're like, oh, yeah, that's what they do. And it's like, yeah, but, I mean, there's there's not many big man duos, if any big man duos in the country, that are doing what they do on a, on a daily basis. What I came away also thinking, too, is that ASU, if they had, like, a coach that actually valued structure, you always text me, and I think it's a great point. You'd love to watch an ASU practice. Because ASU, that's not a bad team right there. They have some legitimate talent across the board. But, you know, they get themselves in these big holes. They take they take bizarre shots, especially out of timeouts. You know, I think with Hurley, no matter who you get, there's just going to be kind of a ceiling to what you can do. Yeah, I mean, they, they were in no offensive system whatsoever. Like, you you can, you know, and, and you can watch them and, and – you know, like you watch Arizona, you at least know what they're trying to do on offense. Even when it looks ugly you know, yeah. at times, you know what they're trying to do. ASU, I have no idea what they're trying to do. They don't involve the bigs offensively. Bobby Hurley, you know, there's there's a difference between freedom and letting guys do what they want to do and running an offense. And it's great that you play for ASU and you can basically shoot whenever you want, but there's no structure whatsoever. And, and until there is... Um, you know, they're always going to be limited offensively unless they just have superstars and they have some decent pieces. But, you know, like we take a look like leading up to the game, we thought Warren Washington is, is great. The key to the game. I don't think he touched the ball right. until the second half. And then he didn't touch the ball. Right. You know, the rest of the game. And it's like you got to get that guy involved. He's good. And and Hurley just doesn't have that structure on offense. All right, another guy, too, that uh, maybe the world's been sleeping on a little bit, but I discovered him yesterday. Duke Brennan out of <laughs> Phoenix tears it up in the first half, doesn't play in the second half. What's going on with Duke right there? Do they just want to kind of tease Arizona fans a little bit and then put him back on the bench? He was a good fit because he's not overly skilled, but he plays hard. He was the, the key to them not getting completely blown out in the first half, plays 12 minutes, goes 6.6 rebounds, leading rebounder, Second half plays three minutes. Like that was your energy, your whole your whole vibe in the first half was Duke Brennan, and then they just didn't play him. They played Luther Muhammad instead, and it's like, you know, it reward the kid for playing that well. It was it was just his the, the rotations were weird, and you know Duke Brennan's not a superstar, but it's like the kid deserved to play more than three minutes in the second half. 
All right. One thing that I like about, uh, well, Arizona, well, there's a lot of things I like about Arizona, but Cedric Henderson, game in and game out, he might not always give you, you know, the the stat line, the nine, three, and three across the board, but you can tell that Tommy Lloyd is very comfortable with him out there. And I really like him. I consider him kind of a de facto starter with the length that he has on defense. He makes timely shots. He's around the ball. He's a great teammate. This has been an A plus transfer portal edition. Yeah, he doesn't screw up, and, and, and I think that's important. Like, you can yeah. put him in, and he may not score 10 points or have a major impact, but he's not going to have a negative impact either, and, and that's important. And I actually thought he probably deserved a few more minutes against ASU. There was a couple times where he was hesitant to shoot it when that big run was happening, but, uh, I mean, he, he he's very consistent. You can depend on him. You know what you're going to get. You're always going to get the effort. He's a great kid, like you said. And, and he fits in very well. And there's going to be a game that we see this season where he goes for like 20 points because right. he's just that type of player and, and he's good enough to do it. Have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? Please do, Mike. All right, here's the deal. You might now be watching NBA games, and you said to yourself, hmm, I have not jumped on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's what you do. You put down $5 on an NBA game, and if that team wins, you win $100 or $200 in free plays. Now, I would say bet on the Bucs, because I single-handedly have been saying for the last two months, bet on the Suns, and I turned the Suns into being terrible. So I would say now bet on the Bucs. They have Giannis right there. Um, again, check out the show notes and the link in the description, 21 and up Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP and want to give our friends at our friends at tap and bottle, a big shout out. Great, uh, great showing yesterday for the, uh, Arizona ASU game. We got these back. We're going to have another one here in a couple weeks. Uh, you got four peaks that you can get there, all kinds of good stuff. So again, tap and bottle downtown, Scott and Rebecca do a great job. All right. One thing that does worry me a little about this team, and I need to preface everything by this, by saying that Arizona is one of the 10 best teams in the country. So we're nitpicking, but we also get to nitpick because we're not ASU and we're not just happy with any victory. So I do worry about the ball handling against pressure um, because I don't really feel that Arizona has a natural ball handler. I mean, Kerr is that, but he's never going to be able to just get by a guy. Pella's not a good ball handler Ramey's decent but you've got a lot of one and a halves out there that's I think the that's the one thing about the team that worries me a little bit here 100 they don't have that guy that can turn the corner and, and go downhill quickly against pressure um you know Kirk can handle the ball against pressure pretty decently but he's not that guy like you said that's just going to turn it on beat his man down court and, and kind of reset things and you know we're going to see it we saw it in the second half against ASU we're going to see it in the NCAA tournament not every team can defend Arizona that way, but Houston did it where they're going to really, really pressure Arizona's guards, and they're going to have to beat that pressure. And we haven't seen it on a consistent basis, and it is absolutely Arizona's weakness. The thing is, it won't come into play very often. There's only so many teams in the country that is capable of that high ball pressure, but there's going to be teams, especially in the NCAA tournament, that that's what they're going to do to Arizona. And if Arizona wants to advance, they're going to have to find a way to handle it. All right. I get a lot of people that ask me about Courtney Ramey and, you know, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Here's what I tell everybody. And the Doug Gottlieb said this on the show, and I think it's a very good point. He said, there are good players in the transfer portal. There aren't pros in the transfer portal. I mean, you get guys that can be good college players. Courtney, I think people that thought that Courtney Ramey was going to come in and be 18 or 19 a game, 
again, he's a good player. He was in the portal low still for a reason. Arizona's lucky to have him, but what you're seeing this year is what you're going to get. You're not going to get a guy that is, you know, single-handedly every single game going to get you 17, 18, 19 a game. That's just not how he's structured. That's just not how his game is built. Yeah, I think offensively he kind of is what he is. I mean, he's capable of having a a couple bigger nights, but he's a he's a decent shooter. Um, he doesn't get to the basket very well, but you know he he's a good passer. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot. I think the one thing I will say that I'm a little surprised by is I thought he would be better defensively right away. Um, you know, yeah. there was a, a a lot of hype coming in defensively, and a, I don't know what it is, but Tommy Lloyd has said it a couple times too that his defense isn't necessarily on par. Now it's been better the last few games, but you know this is a guy that some people felt was the best defender in the Big 12 when he was there. And I don't think we've seen that yet. But offensively, he kind of is what he is. He'll make the open jumper. He'll get you. And the thing that I like about him is he's not afraid to take the big shot. They need right. a guy like that. And so I'm fine with him offensively. But defensively, I'd like to see him improve a little bit. All right. Talk about a guy defensively that's very good. The Swedish pinball, Pella Larson. Um, nobody is better at drawing charges, drawing fouls, period, than uh, Pella than Pella. Let's start on the defensive side. Tommy Lloyd talked before the year that, um, and yes, Tommy Lloyd is much smarter than me, but uh, Tommy Lloyd uh, um, said before the year that he thought that Pella could be in contention for the defensive player of the year in the conference. Um, Pella is just a very, very good defensive player. There's no, you know, and he can guard a variety of guys. I think you got to be very happy with what people have, what you've seen from Pella on the defensive side of the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that people look at Pella and go, why is he getting so many minutes? And, you know, that's the answer to the question is his defense. At the end of the day, Tommy Lloyd trusts him defensively to be on the court at the end of the game. And and he's, you know, he he's I think he's better than than people seem defensively. You know, he's not a big shot blocker or whatever, but he's in the right position. He, he rebounds pretty well for a small forward. And, and he's a guy that Tommy Lloyd just trusts defensively to, to contain other wings, and he's done a nice job with that this season. Offensively, um, I'm just going to ask, can Pella shoot? I mean, I, I hate to ask that question, but even you know, even when he shoots, it looks like it's kind of a prayer, like he's hoping it. Like last year when Kerr would shoot, you could tell that he was expecting it to go in even when it wasn't. When Pella's shooting, it looks like he's kind of hoping that it goes in. I mean, what what's going on here? I think Pella is very – confidence based in his offensive production and what i mean by that is he doubts himself and tommy lloyd said this before the season even started that they had to basically convince pella like look you're good you can make these shots or whatever it may be and when we watch him in practice and there's no pressure he's hitting three after three and then it gets into a game and there's times where if you watch he's hesitating and once you hesitate as a shooter it's not going in right and, and so they he needs to play with more confidence offensively is he going to be a drop dead shooter no but is he better than he's shown i i think so i i think that offensively he's got more potential and for whatever reason i i think it's confidence he just hasn't shown it so far it's going to be very fascinating when arizona plays ucla because um again i don't i think arizona is a terrible matchup for ucla just because of how small they are but the one thing i will give ucla is that they're really good they're they're damn good. This is a team that's probably going to be about a three seed, and that's going to be a fun matchup. Those are the two games that Arizona, if they're looking to boost their resume, they've got to get if they want to get that one seed because that's going to be the real marquee opportunity for them. 
Yeah, I mean, it is it is so clear at this point, <laughs> January 1st, that uh, it's, you know, UCLA and Arizona are so clearly the best teams in the Pac-12. I mean, that's that's the right. race. And and no matter what it's happens not even close. in the Pac-12, yeah, and, and no matter what happens in the Pac-12, those are two of the top 10 teams in the country, as far as I'm concerned. And it's going to be a really fun matchup. You know, both teams have things they could take advantage of. But like you mentioned, there's not a lot of resume boosters in the Pac-12. and and UCLA needs Arizona, and, and Arizona needs UCLA in that regard. All right, now let's talk some recruiting. A lot of people questioning Tommy Lloyd. Well, first, actually, let's talk Four Peaks. The official brewery of PHNX and what U of A does to beat down its big men, the Four Peaks. So what they do, you can go up to Tempe at the uh, Tempe, and you can go to their watch, go to watch parties, root against ASU, or you can come down here and you can get your four peaks at the tap and tap and bottle. Again, check it out. Enjoy responsibly. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. All kinds of fun stuff going on there. Four peaks. Um, just a uh, overall great beer, great fun, great deals. Give it a shot and more furniture. More furniture revamped the entire PHNX studios. And you know what? It looks fantastic. It has uh, furniture for people like me and Sheer. It has furniture for people like the big dog, Brody Dryden. So you can go from 5'9 to 6'9, and it's equally comfortable across the board. Great deals as well. More furniture, morfurniture.com. All right, Sheer. As on your message board, a lot of people were questioning whether Tommy Lloyd can uh, recruit domestically. Well, he's got a five star uh, uh, shooting guard in Jamari Phillips coming in now. And um, I'm assuming we're hearing the same things that Arizona is uh, feeling pretty good about where they stand with Carter Bryant as well. A five-star wing, top 15 kid out of California as well. Yeah, he'll he'll take an official visit next month, I believe, and I don't think his recruitment will will last much longer beyond that. Um, you know, he, he wasn't able to take his official. He was actually supposed to go on the official with Jamari Phillips and his family got in a car accident. Um, they're okay, but they were pretty shook up, but they had to reschedule the visit and and I think that he'll be ready to decide pretty soon after that visit. All right, Sheer. Before we get to football here, I'm going to let you spike the football a little bit. Big win for your guy last night, Sean Miller. Talk about what that win meant to you. <laughs> you know what's interesting about him? I'll just say this. He is one of the few coaches that I think has adapted. Like when you watch him yeah, at his no it's not Sean Miller that we saw at Arizona. Like they are much more flowing offensively. They're really not as good defensively. It's a different type of style. And it was kind of funny that they went from Sean Miller beating a Hurley and the game right after was Tommy Lloyd beating a Hurley. So it was kind of funny. All right. Well, again, congratulations, Sheer. I know that yesterday was a big day in the Sheer household. Xavier (laughs) wins. Arizona beats ASU. Does it get any better than that, Sheer? It's a great day. Great day. All right. Now let's talk a little bit Arizona football. Um, the uh, most of the deal, most of the stuff is done here with the transfer portal and whatnot. I fully expect this team to be in that seven or eight win realm next year. And one thing that gives me a lot of confidence in this, though, is and you always hear about this. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. I think this. I love where Arizona's at at the quarterback position. We've seen what Jaden Delora can do. Noah Fafita's got a year under his belt, and Jed Fish every time. He's asked about anybody from Servite, always says Noah's going to be special. You can tell that he believes in Noah. You've got Braden Dorman coming in, four-star kid. Arizona is equipped at the most important position on the field in a way that we haven't seen in recent years. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm full on with Jed Fish's philosophy. You take one quarterback per class, but what was impressive was you have Jaden Delora, who's obviously good and going to be the starter. You have Noah Fafita, who's been patient, is going to wait his turn. And then they were able to land a four-star quarterback who's going to come in and compete. That's unusual. I'm really curious who they land in 2024 if, if he could do it again. But the fact that they are so comfortable in that quarterback room is something like you mentioned, like Arizona hasn't had in quite some time. I mean, it's been years, a long time since you felt as comfortable, probably back to Scott and Foles. But, you know, it, it's yeah, it's nice having like a comfortable, you know, if Jaden Delora goes down, God forbid, you're fine with Noah Fafita. Like you believe in him and, and that's important. Noah Fafita is going to be fascinating a, a study for me because he is, he's, I mean, let's be honest here. He's about five, eight. Um, I don't think he's any taller than that. Um, and we haven't really seen a quarterback that is a, will throw the ball 35, 40 times a game in power five, like Fafita will when he gets the opportunity, it's kind of uncharted waters, but I have every I have every confidence that he's going to be good because again his arm strength is fantastic. He moves around well. He has a feel for football that most guys don't. Um, I expect big things when if he does hit the field, even though he's my size. Yeah, I mean, Jed Fish when when they had the signing press conference, I joked to them when they got the commitment actually, and I said, "You realize if if Noah was six one and Jed interrupts me and says he'd be at Alabama." <laughs> like it's, yeah. I mean, if yeah, Noah was a sure. 6'1", 6'2", quarterback, he, he wouldn't have gone to Arizona probably. He'd be at, you know, Alabama right. or whatever. He'd be one of the top players in the country. But because he's shorter, he basically was under-recruited. And Arizona was fine with that. And like you mentioned, it's interesting because he is shorter. But he, when you watch him, he doesn't play short. He has intangibles. He's a great kid. He has a great arm. And he's going to be really interesting to watch at this level. All right, defensively then, and then I want to make fun of the Big Ten real quick before we sign off. Um, defensively for Arizona, I think you, my goal, if I'm Cats, is to just be the eighth, eight have the eighth best or the eighth worst defense in the conference. If you can be around eighth and not just 11th or 12th, you're going to be real problems. And quite frankly, I love what they did this offseason. I wish they got another pass rusher, you know, but I think the linebacker position, if you've already got, you've got Flo, you've got Manu, you put Jerry Roberts more into a reserve role, which I think will he'll excel at. And then um, Leviticus Sua, if he comes to Arizona, wink, wink. Um, that's an overhauled linebacking core that I think is going to be significantly better than it was this past year. Yeah, and I don't think they're done. I think they'll probably add another defensive lineman or two and, and probably add another couple guys on the defensive side of the ball. But like no one expects them to be the first or second team in the conference. But if they show improvement – like you go back and, and you look at this season, you say, okay, how many games would Arizona won with an average defense? And they would have been a bull team. And so that's what I think Arizona's goal. For I know sure. it's silly, but if Arizona has an average defense this upcoming season, they're an eight-win team. Right. Yeah. Now, before we sign off here, oh, and real quick game time. Let's say last second you saw that Bruce Pascoe and Jason Shear were going up to Phoenix, and you said to yourself, man – I'd love to be able to hang out with Bruce and Jason Shear, talk some Del Taco, talk some Sean Miller, talk whatever you want. But you don't know where to get tickets. Game time. Game time is there for you. They'll give you 60% off many of the times, and you get to hang out with Jason Shear, Bruce Pascoe, wherever they are, whether that is a uh, whether that's at a concert. Oh, Bruce at a concert would be fantastic. At a concert. <laughs> 
a uh, uh, sporting endeavor, you name it. Check out the link in the description. But again, check get your tickets at game time. Um, hop on there. All right. I want to rant on the Big, Big Ten here for a second. Every single year, we hear about the Big Ten and how good they are in football and how good they are in basketball. No, they're not. Every single year, they get into the bowl. They get it all. Well, they always get a team into the bowl champion or the playoffs, whatever they're calling it now. They're now, I think, 0 for 3 or whatever it is. But then in college basketball, they get 14 teams in and they all get bounced in the first weekend. And nobody says anything. Why don't people acknowledge that Big Ten athletics isn't that good? <laughs> Ohio State football is probably the exception. But what yeah, we the, see I'll give you Ohio State. What we see is the it's the athletes like TCU looked bigger and faster. It looked faster, I should say, than Michigan. Yeah, I mean the Big Ten is two and six in bowls. You get to the NCAA tournament and they face these athletic teams and they don't do well. And it just comes down to to athletes and, and speed. And and the reason you don't hear more about it is because they get the teams in and that's where the attention drops. And you always laugh because like we look at the bracketology and it's like oh the big 10 has 10 teams in the ncaa tournament and we don't think one of those would would win no. <laughs> it's like that's just the way it is they'll pay attention to the 10 but they won't pay attention to the results and it'll happen again next and it'll happen again next year and again you're right i'll give ohio the, the exception i give you is ohio state they're a little bit they, they look different out there but everybody else bleh. i just yeah, yeah i, I and it, you know, and it, and and it greatly bothers me. I'm also going to predict this, and I'd be fine if I'm wrong on this. But I do believe that USC is going to dominate in the uh, Big Ten in football. I know there's weather and stuff. I don't care about Rutgers or playing in New York. I think the Lincoln Riley in there in a year or two. I think that they're going to be problems for every single team in there, including Ohio State. Yeah, it'll be USC and Ohio State because of the way they play. They they have the athletes. They'll open things up, and, and these Big Ten defenses won't won't be able to keep up with the athlete and the the overall speed of of USC. All right, Sheer. Before we sign off, where can they find you? What do you have going on? I know you got all kinds of good stuff going on. Where can they find Jason Shear, the great Jason Shear? Uh, on Twitter at Jason Shear, um, and then Wildcat Authority. We have a fifty percent off deal for the annual sub. I think it ends in a few days, so make sure you take advantage. Of that now, you get Paramount Plus also. Once the uh, the promotional phase is done, you get Paramount Plus for free. So it's a it's All a right. heck of a deal. If you want to back the A, you also got to back the J right there. So check it out, Wildcat Authority. All right. Sheer, as always, appreciate you, my guy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.